This episode is brought to you by Podomatic, the easiest way for podcast fans to become podcasters. Go to podomatic.com or search Podomatic in your app store to start your own podcast for free and find your audience. Hello and welcome to episode number 359 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty damn good. We are back, uh, back in the cinema this week, which is always nice. A uh, bit of cinema horror. original horror, which is our favourite, but obviously perhaps not our favourite subgenre. Um, but we will get to all that stuff uh, as we discuss Talk To Me, a very talked about movie, in fact, of this mm-hmm. year. Um, one Look, that I mean, certainly... the finite opportunity to actually see original cinema horror. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You know, cinema horror is great, but let alone original cinema horror. Yeah, and it's cool that, like you say, we'll obviously get into the, the genre stuff, but it's nice that this has been an, a very talked about horror movie, one that has mm. done very well um, and is, you know, a big A24 release, which is always nice. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to the news now, and obviously we have actually a kind of small tidbit to get through regarding this week's movie, um, which we'll get to in a second. But we have one Megaton lead story once again. Um one that we've been waiting for a while, actually, to hear confirmation to do with Scream. Um, there's been a lot of speculation these kind of past few weeks about what are they doing with Scream. Obviously, the the two recent mo- movies have done extremely well, um, and that kind of collective filmmaking collective known as Radio Silence that have Ooh. kind of done those two movies. We know that they've just shot a film for release next year the kind of untitled universal monster film which god just give it a title already it's out in less than a year um but we know that that's their next project so it was kind of what's going on with scream where they're going to put it on the shelf and i thought which has now turned out to be not the case was that they had kind of agreed a deal where it was a case of okay we'll we'll do one then we'll give you the one we've seen that before in likes of saw and stuff where the directors don't want to continue and they're like look if you let us do this original thing we'll then come back and do the sequel that you want so that's what i was fully expecting that it would just be a case of we'll get scream in three years rather than one um but that is not the case because there was rumors in the past week and i'm glad that this has seemingly been confirmed to now um this is via the hollywood reporter um but i don't think spyglass who are in charge of scream have come out and said this but the hollywood reporter aren't wrong um no. so we know who is now directing um scream seven and it is yeah not that the the team behind the last two um but it is someone that we've followed um someone who we've covered three of their films and have pretty much liked all of them which is a good sign obviously the first one being the 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 breakout hit um but this is going to be christopher landon is going to take over scream seven um obviously he was the director of happy death day uh absolutely absurdly awesome horror film um he obviously did the follow-up happy death day to you um and as well as freaky um So obviously very much in the sort of horror comedy, but definitely, you know, I don't want to um, 
you know disregard his horror chops because i think the horror in all of those movies is really good um he definitely comes from a more stricter horror back background he basically wrote all of the paranormal activity sequels mm. um and he directed the most recent one as well which i've not seen um and he also did a netflix movie this year in fact which seemed like a more of a comedy types yeah it's like this spooky ghost thing with david harbour in it mm. um yeah, I'm kind of interested to see it now, just because we've mm-hmm. we've covered all of his stuff. But I remember mm. seeing that I think Anthony Mackie's in it as well. And it kind of I remember seeing a bit to the trailer, and it just looked like a family friendly sort of ghosty film. Um, didn't look bad. It just didn't look like something that was particularly horror f- uh, focused. But um, yeah, Christopher Landon is is doing Scream. I mean, this is a massive news item. Um, we kind of a few other things here before we then give our, our thoughts on it. The um, the radio science guys are staying on as executive producers, which you would assume. Um, it says no word yet on who will be writing Scream Seven, which I think is fascinating because, as I've, as I've just said, yeah. kind of radio silence is a is a duo that direct and then a different duo that write. So it's four separate people. So you wonder if they couldn't have come to a deal to at least get the writing taken care of by them, because obviously they're the ones that have created these these new characters, the core four as we know them. Core and it is a eight. shame if this is kind of the conclusion of this new trilogy and they're not the ones writing it. So we'll mm. see on that front. Obviously that's purely speculation at this point. Um the last thing of note in the Hollywood Reporter's report, which is they said that um, Melissa Barrera and Mason Gooden are expected to return. Um, but they had an extra note on General Ortega just saying that um, Ortega's deal will be one to watch as the actress signed on to the franchise before she was catapulted to the A-list thanks to Netflix's Wednesday. So, like, I don't really know what that means. If they're basically saying, like, yeah, she's going to cost a lot more now. Which yeah, which if that's what they're saying, I mean, that's not a problem. Like, that's a great thing that you cast someone who is now more popular than when you originally cast them. Like, if this is an issue, the entire thing is fucked because that should not be an issue. (laughs) Like, having an actress that you hired that is now infinitely more popular and she's been incredibly well received in this franchise like yeah just pay the money like it doesn't matter um and she's not going to be asking stupid money like come on it like wednesday was good but she's not winning oscars or like doing crazy big films so yeah i I think like catapulted to the a-list like Mm. don't get me wrong she is a hot name right now but like wednesday alone isn't like you know getting her to the stratosphere you know it's um yeah scream is a big part of that as well yeah exactly so yeah i mean it's all pretty much good news though really like Mm. you know we we would have liked radio silence with the fact that they've given us two great scream movies but they've given us enough of a basis to to build upon and i'm just i'm just like bloodthirsty for more scream after it being so good and i think christopher landon is a great fit you know you look at what what films in recent years that are kind of spiritual successes to scream and i look at happy death day and i look at freaky and i say well yeah you can see the scream dna there they may have gone a little bit more comedy at times but turning that comedy into more of a you know satire on the horror genre is a very easy quick thing to do and especially with happy death day you can see the parallels there massively so you know i i think i think he's a great shout as a replacement um of other than the, the boy Flanagan, like I can't really. You know, there aren't too many people that. Now, there's other franchises I'd rather put Flanagan on. No, I know. I'm joking. I, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think he's a good fit, Landon. Mm. You know, I think with with his body of work, yeah. You know, name anyone that would be better to fill their shoes. 
mm. you know, and I think you'd struggle. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think the, the, the casting is super important at this point, you know, that the legacy characters pre core four, I, you know, don't matter at this point. I, it, that's blasphemy. I know, but, but it's true. Mm. And it's a case of, can you continue this new story now? You know, I already saw, you know, cause the second this came out, I saw people like saying about Nev, like, Oh yeah, mm. will she return? Will that be great? I'm like, I I am the biggest Scream fan out there. You know, I've fucking lived this for my entire adult life and I love it. And I love Nev Campbell and I love Sydney, but that story is done for me. Like I'm happy and I want Sid to just be out of it. Mm. Like I like this movie coming out and Gail just being like, Sid's the good. One, one of the worst parts of it. <laughs> Correct. But, but one of the best bits was when she was like, do you know, Sid, Sid's good. Like, oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. You know, and, and just that little line to just be like, yeah, cool. And like, that, that's, that's all I need. Like, you know, I think I Sydney's involvement in Scream 6 was better than her involvement in Scream 5, which Agreed. involved her being on screen. <laughs> Agreed. And again, yeah, that, again, know, I completely echo time. what you're saying. That's n- that's nothing mm. to do with the character or the actress or anything. Obviously, right. the legacy is secure and she's incredible. But yeah, I'm completely with you. Of like, that's the biggest thing for me here. There's so many different scenarios that we can discuss. Obviously, mm. um, I really, really hope that like I'm so glad Dewey got his send off. Um, yeah. You know, even though it wasn't perfect in a lot of ways, but I'm glad that he got that and. Yeah, I don't want to see any more legacy. Like, we, we fucked around with it, and they were like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Kirby wasn't dead? And obviously, there's been so many talks about Stu for so long, and like, yeah. just don't mess around with this. You've got the core four. You've actually built up an interest in lore with the current killers mm. and in terms of how they link with one another. We already it's... talked about how I think the reveal in six strengthens five, and there's so yeah. much potential with that family to do more in seven as well. Like, there's a very glaring, you know, not to get into it, but there's a very glaring family member that they've been talking about for two films now that we haven't seen, and I feel like they have to be a role in this seventh movie for sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that is the biggest weight of anyone coming into this franchise is getting a good killer a good killer with a good reason, because that is, you know, the the thing that we moaned about six, uh, five, four and kind of said, okay, well, six is now kind of wreck on that. And also, you know, made, made five better because of six. And it's like, yeah, if we had a, a pointless killer in seven, does that movie, you know, that makes it difficult to, to be achievable, but I don't think you can just go easy and be like, Oh yeah, that, let's bring Stu back or whatever. I think it is a case of, no, come up with something clever. Like you've got to do that, and then and then you know everything else falls into place. I think with the core four being as great as they are, and um, you know, I just I really want to reiterate that I think you know Sydney. I think is my f- she's probably my favorite final girl in all of horror, and so to to say that like I don't want her part of the franchise just shows what they've built with these two movies where they have progressed it, and 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 I think it shows that Scream can continue beyond the core four as well like their story isn't finished yet and i uh, you know if that's one movie or two movies but i don't want us to be you know another six movies from now and being like oh general Tega has to be in scream or it's not a scream movie like mm. i want this to be just an evolving franchise of of this just kind of you know fucked up history and i think the whole bringing billy into five and and having him as this link and and kind of transition that into six was a great way to just bring in the legacy characters and drift them out like the more i think about five and six the more i'm happy with it 
and I, and I think they've just got they've got into such a good place where we can now move beyond that and and still feel like a scream franchise. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, like I first of all, I think I agree with you that Christopher Landon is is such a good fit. Like I think if you had to, you know, say okay, they they need to substitute someone in. I think he is perfect, and I think his his slasher chops are really underrated specifically in that first happy death day and freaky like i remember freaky was almost unbelievable how that was so comedy focused Mm. but the kills were crazy um and to think that he can be you know focus things different like you you said it perfectly like you can just see how he can just adapt a few things and fit the screen mold perfectly so i'm so totally with you on that i think i differ slightly in that like i don't need more scream right now um i was so unbelievably blown away by this year's installment that like i'm good for a while and i would have hoped that what i had speculated had been true um because i would have loved for radio silence to go off make their own thing and then come back and finish their trilogy and have three Mm. or four years between them i would have been so eagerly anticipating that conclusion and i think that's the other part of this is that whilst we know that's not true now I really want this to be the conclusion of this chapter of the franchise um, because, again, I love the core four so much, and I think what they've done they have they have added to the legacy of this already one of the best horror franchises around. But I don't want to see them again for for like I want I want them to end this with a trilogy. I think three films for these four characters is the perfect amount. Um, I don't want to see them just keep milking it and and obviously if it gets to eight and nine and stuff because then it will just feel fatiguing and. Right now, they're hitting on all cylinders. The movies are great. They're making a shit ton of money. I know that only one of those things matters to the people making these films. Um, so we'll just have to see on that one. But And, I, and I'm not too worried about that because we're talking about so far in the future. These are problems that, you know, you shouldn't anticipate until you're right there. Until you're there in the Saw franchise, you know. Like, so right now, I'm happy with this. And it's... I think that's the other thing as well, like with the core four, like I maybe part of them is, is anticipating like, oh, we need to get this done now. I just don't feel that way. I feel like you could wait three, four years and you would still get this cast. Again, I know they're they're kind of anticipating that Jenna is going to go off and do bigger and better things, but I still I feel think Jenna's like, the one they're worried about more than anything. They clearly are, but like again, I just don't. She's already big, like as as the Hollywood Reporter noted, and I don't think it's going to get crazier in the next four, five, six years to the point where they typically couldn't afford her. I just think that's ridiculous like we've seen such huge breakouts in horror that have revisited in 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 the past and stuff and i just don't see that being the case that even if she was like oh yeah she won an oscar and then she's also got this and the only thing i foresee which again i think the the film industry in general is moving away from this is if she got tied down to one of those crazy superhero contracts where like we're like back in the day you know scar joe got black widow and it was like she you know she was still doing the occasional other film but it was basically like 10 months of her year was blocked out just for marvel and yeah, like she was doing that 10 year wednesday deal with netflix then it's like game over but... yeah i just don't foresee <laughs> that anymore you know so right. i don't think that's going to be the case so um but yeah this is cool you. Yeah, go go for it um do you think do you think uh Odds on favorite Tara to be the killer in Scream 7? I don't know, man. Like, there, there's so many different ways, like, like I said, I was hinting at a kind of family member, and I and I want to see that concluded. Yeah, like I, I don't know what they're going to go with that, but it's been so talked about with their family history that there's been this one character that like they've talked about, and it was almost laughable. Two of them, in, that's the two of them. 
yeah like it's just i'm yeah. i'm excited either way like i don't care about that right now and i try not to keep <laughs> going into most screen movies to be honest i think that's kind of the attitude that we both share is that we want it to just be good and we don't worry too much about it as we're watching it that first time i think that is more of a, a rewatch issue um as we've discussed that like you get you when you watch a screen movie you have a you have a a certain watch that never gets replicated and it's always about those rewatches for us of like and that's what why you know i watched scream six quite quickly after watching it the first time because i needed to know my real thoughts on it and it only solidified how much i loved it um so yeah i'm not i'm not worried about that to be honest like there's so many different ways they could go with it like i said i really now and again we don't know about release dates or anything they haven't talked about that like are they going to try and pump this out and put it out next year who knows but i just want to know who's writing it that's like my biggest thing now yeah Um, that is huge because christopher landon does write but he doesn't write everything like he didn't write the first happy death day but he did write the second he co-wrote freaky and he typically co-writes it seems like i looked at his writing credits earlier um so i i would love for a world where he could sit down with those two guys from radio silence and kind of hash something out together i think would be the perfect world you know one or the other yeah um so yeah we'll see like i say we can talk to death about scream it's so it's so awesome and like it's it's so great that it's long long time listeners of the show are very aware of this <laughs> but it's it's one of the rare things that we can talk about in a modern light that we love the legacy oh, of and right. but it's still positive it's it's almost the only one where you don't have to have that caveat of like when we talk about hellraiser recently and we're like oh yeah those first two oh <laughs> and then you kind of just there's this there's this elephant in the room that you just don't discuss um let alone something like saw that is you know well, i can say at least we'll get to do that with saw again soon yeah that'll be nice um but yeah <laughs> we shall see i'm like i say i'm sure there'll be there'll probably be something else to talk about or scream next week who knows there'll, there'll be like general tago will put out a statement saying that she's too busy and she can't do it anymore and then we'll have to talk about that for 30 minutes due um, to creative differences <laughs> she could not come to an agreement and she would not be reprising the role like yeah like yeah. god who, who knows but um we shall wait and see on that one and then yeah just lastly this will just kind of lead us into our chat really because we won't have too much to say or almost anything about this until we actually um talked about talk to me and then we'll kind of you know circle back to this because i do find this interesting but um there's kind of two tidbits here where the talk talk to me is a big success um doing extremely well and mm. again an interview with the hollywood reporter um the two directors were talking about the movie and they kind of said that they they've already shot a prequel to this film um <laughs> which yeah sounds very pearl but it's it doesn't seem like it's a feature length thing it seems more like a small little thing that they just put online which is cool um they said we entirely shot an in oh sorry we actually shot an entire ducket prequel already um ducket is the character you see in the opening scene um it's told entirely through the perspective of mobile phones and social media so maybe down the line we can release that so that's kind of the first thing then they then they were talking about a potential sequel um saying whilst also writing the first film you can't help but write scenes for a second film there's just so many scenes the mythology was so thick and yeah if a24 gave us the opportunity we wouldn't be able to resist it i feel like we'd jump at it uh we have a lot of original stories that we would like to tell but the talk to me stuff is exciting to us too so the idea of a sequel we wouldn't be opposed to it so that was the initial thing and then as of today a24 have green letter sequel um so talk to me too is coming and the the directors are returning um and that's all we have on that one for right now so um yeah we can't really say too much about you know whether we'd want a sequel or or or, um what they would potentially do with it so try and we'll try and remember to to touch upon this after we've talked about the movie um but shall we talk about this week's film talk to me let's talk about talk to me
So yeah, I feel, I feel like I've said the word talk a billion times already, and that's that's probably going to continue. Um, but yeah, this is a as we discussed before, a brand new original IP. IP. Um, it, it's one of those ones that it feels like this would be based upon like a short film or something. Um, yeah, and especially with this director's background, because these are actually I don't know if you knew this; these are two YouTubers. Um, they've been on the YouTube scene for about a decade um, and I hadn't heard of them but I kind of looked into it um, fairly big in Australia like multiple million subscribers account um, and yeah it seemed like they just came up with this idea and ran with it like I really want to know exactly what happened because um, yeah. it's a hell of a transition from doing that sort of content you know just YouTube based content um, to then make an actual like i'd heard that a while ago i remember when i looked it up after the trailer and i was really nervous because i was like oh i just know what type of content you know a lot of youtubers do and it's it's a more quick based cuts yeah and just like you know they're they're a comedy channel as well and it's and it's you know it's going to be a very different style whereas i don't see any of that and i didn't see that in the trailer but that's why i was like huh that's interesting that they're youtubers and then you know thankfully having now seen the movie like i don't think that's noticeable in the slightest like i think this plays like a horror film it doesn't play like two youtubers that dicked around and made a film um but that is interesting nonetheless and so yeah this is uh as we said an original film that we've i'm sure we talked about the trailer not that long ago hmm. um courtesy of a24 but yeah, what is Talk To Me about? Yeah, well, the movie centers around kind of our lead character, Mia, and her group of friends who, um, well, I say friends, kind of friends, <laughs> friends slash people who kind of hate her, but let her come to the party anyway. And um, it centers around this kind of, it It starts off as this kind of social media trend where this these parties are getting hype and you don't quite know why they're getting hype until eventually Mia gets to go to one. And basically they've got this um, embalmed hand that they um, have figured out some sort of weird ceremony of sorts where if you um, hold hands with the uh, severed hand and say, talk to me, you... um, you let a spirit into your kind of world or you can, you let yourself into the spirit world and see this kind of spirit. And then if you say, is it let me in? I think then basically you get possessed by the spirit. And at the same time you go off to like, uh, get some sort of, you know, natural high kind of floating above your body kind of state. But as you're doing that, the the ghost has now embodied you and is talking to the rest of the room. So um, these teens have figured out that you can only do it for, what was it, 90 seconds or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have to kind of, the, 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 the other kids in the room blow out the candle, which severs the link and gets you back into your body. And uh, you kind of come out of it kind of with this natural high and everyone else gets 90 seconds of, seeing you possessed by some random person and uh filming it for the socials um and and it's it's such an hilarious modern take on what like would happen if you got Mm. this sort of shit like this is exactly what kids would do oh this this is is absolutely and i think like throughout the whole movie so much of it it just made me think and, and it makes so much sense that this is made by YouTubers, now you've said, but it, but it's done in a way that isn't, 
I don't want to say oh, I, I feel like that was like degrading being like oh in a tacky way but that's kind of what you would assume like you say with a with a youtuber that's a predominantly comedy channel you'd expect mm. it to be you know not as well polished as this is but instead it's a really you know clever commentary on what you know understanding you know young people and and modern technology and understanding what they would do if yeah. they were given a severed hand that has a link to the spiritual world <laughs> you know there's there's no real science behind it they've just like oh yeah you can just do it for like 90 seconds and you kind of get a natural high off it and we're going to film you looking like a twat yeah and, and and they just go sweet i'm in <laughs> yeah, even the backstory of the hand is so hilarious because it's just yeah. like where did this come from he's like oh just you know a guy yeah. just gave it to me at a party yeah. and and, that, and that's all the the movie ever explains which again is perfect because it's like yep that's what people would do like they that's all they needed to know yeah like i was going to come on to it like deeper into the conversation with the, the fact that there, there's there's you know when you talked about the news story where the writer said there's so much mythology and things to explore i'm i don't mean this in a negative way where i'm just like there's none of that in this movie like yeah what i've just told you is the mythology there's a there's a hand there's a severed hand you hold hands with it you get to see ghosts and get possessed and the kids just go sweet and they're like do you want to know anything else they're like no not really like like, (laughs) cool Let, let me let me hold hands with this fucker and see what happens and you know I think, you know, some of the, uh, well, well, I was going to say some of the great horror movies, but just some of all horror movies in, in, you know, most of the time spend so much time talking about mythology. One of the ones I think about the most is The Ring, where the, the whole videotape and the whole seven days is such a cool concept. And just like seeing that run its course, you only get once well you kind of get twice because you get the end of it at the start of the movie for one person mm. and then you get to see the 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 main character's journey throughout the seven days for the rest of the movie and one of the things with that i've always thought of is like i would prefer to just see like that seven day cycle a few more times because i want to see people get fucked up and see what happens and this movie doesn't get bogged down with like oh let's let's figure out the rest of the hand like where's where's the rest of this hand you know like <laughs> what what why does this work who who figured out this would work how do we stop this there's none of that it's just like yeah i just got to keep touching the hand and seeing some spirits and yeah you you in this movie a modern day take on this would typically have them frantically searching websites and that would Mm. be the bit where they would then have a youtube video playing and some and they would find out the law that way of like you know back in the day it would be go to the library and read newspapers whereas now yeah they would pull up you know these conspiracy youtubers and it would be a funny little bit where it'd be you know a comedy guy doing a funny you know youtube yeah. video but it would be explaining like hey so here's this hand and has i've got the other hand and oh you you won't believe what the foot does like you know the, like that's where it would go but like yeah, i say you hire I, Lee Winnell for a day to do, yeah. to do a youtube video for, for exactly you, you know? oh it'd be so perfect <laughs> um but yeah like and then i i said so i think it's so refreshing that the movie doesn't do that i feel like a lot of the things this movie does aren't what you expect from from, like a possession movie which i think is cool like to, to me anyway i think the way this story transpires the way the hands used and the way it kind of ties all together it just wasn't what i was expecting like i think it typically like when we talked about insidious and stuff that there's just such a blueprint that you, that like yeah like there's the second the movie started formula. i knew exactly where it was going 
And like, I think that's what's refreshing about. Yes, this is a typically a subgenre that I don't enjoy, but to just it shows you that the subgenre isn't the problem. It's the people making possession movies just follow that formula, and right. and are so scared to veer off the path. Whereas I think something like this is such a fresh original take on it. Whilst I think I completely agree with you, this is a meta commentary. I think on possession movies and kind of how young people would be in this situation. That was like what something that that worked so well to me that they they they're so stupid and i think this this movie has like one of the best representations of the stupidity of youth without being it like it's not mean spirited it's just showing you like yeah it's like young people are fucking stupid it's more the naivety you know of, mm. of you know which is just it's true like you don't have the life experience when you're younger you you, you know that's why it's called life experience. And so when you're super young and you're given this weird thing, you know, this seven hand that can see spirits, you just go, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to me. Like, you know, whereas like if someone said that to me now, like, Oh, I've got this hand. And if you hold hands with it, you get possessed. I'm like, well, fuck off. Like, you know, exactly but when you're 17 and you're at a party, you think, well, yeah, this, this sounds great. Like, okay, cool. Sign yeah, it up. shows it shows their priorities, which is like it's yeah. to have a good time, and then yeah, to post it on socials to get those clicks yeah. and like and to get that clout, and that that is exactly how everyone reacts in this movie. Is like mm. no one really cares about anyone's well being. Like, there's a few characters that were that like Even when you're really. the story, <laughs> no, like not as much as you would assume. You know, like like mm. you say, it's hard to describe this as a friend group, even though it's presented as one because they're all just such assholes and they're so um, narrow minded and they're only focused on themselves you know like no one really cares about the well-being of anyone else i think that's what's so great about this concept which is so ridiculous again of like you're letting the spirit in you to be possessed where everyone else who's not doing it kind of mercifully takes the piss out of you um and they're the ones that have to get you out of it yeah exactly but then i also for me the one element that i didn't expect going into this movie and it, it probably shows my naivety and kind of it only the penny dropped like watching the film which was a cool moment where i was like oh and you you even mentioned it in your synopsis like it is a drug to them and that isn't something that which i didn't i didn't realize from the trailer where i was like oh they are doing this like a drug because you know they're at a party and they're passing it around and they are all getting this high off it and it was when that moment there's like a cool montage scene in the film and that was when it clicked for me where i was like oh these are just dumb kids doing drugs at a party now but their drug of choice is letting a ghost possess you and i was like oh that's yeah i was like that's such a good take on this that i've not seen before and again works because i would i fully believe people of that generation right now would act this way genuinely Mm -hmm. um and again it's not in a mean-spirited way it's just that's what people do um in this kind of social media era so yeah i there's so many different kind of threads to pull on but i think the the originality is what really stood out for me in this film yeah and it's interesting because you know both of us have just jumped in talking about this movie mm. we've not given like firm impressions on it and i think that just shows like how much there is to talk about and how clever this movie is with with you know what it's done and and, and the way it portrays horror where you know going into my thoughts on it like i think this is one of the one of the best cinema horrors we've seen in a long time in terms of for the mainstream but also gotten got like you know the the cleverness and enough there for 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 mainstream horror fans as well where they're kind of 
you know, going to get something else from it. Because I think if you go to the cinema and you just want to have a dumb, fun time and you you go see these these generic haunting movies and you see, you know, all of them and you think, okay, yeah, they're just really fun to watch at the cinema. You're going to watch this movie and have a blast. I think our cinema had a blast watching it. And then us as people that don't genuinely, you know, like that sort of thing, you know, traditionally, I, I watched this movie and had a really good time. I, I was thoroughly entertained. It was a brand new IP. It was a brand new take on a, a, a genre that I'm sick to death of. But this was this not once made me think that way. You know, I thought, you know, even when we get to like seeing the ghosts and that sort of thing, all of that was just, you know, fresh and and the ghosts looked like you know just normal messed up people there wasn't any you know obnoxious jump scares that are springing to mind now like i can't say with certainty that that wasn't in the movie but there wasn't anything like that that triggered me and 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 you know you mentioned it i think this movie um never went the way i'd expect you know when when we saw the trailer and i kind of thought okay this looks kind of cool and you know these people get you know letting the spirits in holding this hand i kind of thought okay yeah we you know it's going to happen a couple of times our lead character is going to have it happen to them and then they're going to do a shit ton of investigation and and that that's not what happens at all and when the in particular when that little brother kind of gets his go on the hand like mm. I, I was not expecting that at all yeah and when that happened i was like jesus christ like as soon as that happened, I was like, I don't know what's happening in this movie at all. Like, yeah. all, all bets are off. And, and, and yeah, I, I was thoroughly entertained. And when I got to the end of the movie, I was like, cool. Like, they didn't, they didn't bother giving me all of this mythology. They just gave me a fun movie that, that, that had, a, had a satisfying conclusion for me. And, and yeah, I was, I was very entertained throughout. Um, the mum, as well, was, was probably the MVP for me. When just just everything she said killed me, like, and there were a couple of her lines that were absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I really liked her. You know, I think often when you throw comedy in, and especially with a parent with comedy, I think it can be really cheesy and doesn't in, and doesn't work. And I think kind of, I think back to Stranger Things and when kind of Hopper was with Elle and and Mike and kind of you know, that was just killing me and made me laugh. Like that's exactly what the mum was like in this movie for me, where mm. just everything she said was great. And, and yeah, I really liked her. Obviously, you know, she, she's the only real actress of, of note. Um, I don't know her name, but obviously she, she's Erwin from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It was, it's my, um, I was going to say, oh, did I, you know who that was? Yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't know her name off the top of my head, but like she, you know, I think this cast is relatively unknown, you know, it's yeah. a pretty, australian kind of you know made and 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 i assume most of the actors are there as well um you yeah, know coming are. out of it I, hadn't, I haven't looked at the imdb since but when i first came out i kind of i saw a lot of you know f fairly fresh imdbs apart from her um and yeah yeah like i said i i just had a really good time with it and and was really you know like i said i was not expecting it and and then coming out of it you know i'm like yeah this is what cinema horror should be you know not everything should be catered specifically to our needs and and they need to cater to the mainstream but something like this can can do both very successfully i think and and then you know our cinema was rammed second week of it being here in the uk which is 
which is pretty wild. And then the numbers speak for itself, you know. Um, it just shows that if you make something, you haven't always got to to, to milk the teat of an IP. You can mm. do something fresh and something cool. And, and even in a subgenre that I'm done with, you can give me something that actually I'm like, hell yeah, this this was really good. Yeah, for sure. I think A24 deserve huge credit for that. Like, I think mm. they... I don't understand. I feel like it just... At a certain point, it became cool to hate on A24 because I get it. Yeah. Everyone was so loving them for a while, but it was it was so deserved. Like, yeah. the, the original horror that they've discovered and put out in the last five years has been unbelievable. Yeah. And for them to do, again, stuff like this, which is crazy unique and awesome and for them to i i thought this was impossible like to to come up with a new take on yeah. possession films in 2023 i genuinely thought was impossible um and especially the fact of we've already seen multiple ones of these this year and we've and there's still like four more big ones mm. this year and so for this to come out right in the middle of like probably the peak of my fatigue with these movies <laughs> where I actively don't want to see them anymore. And we're probably not going to cover a lot of those ones because we just don't have anything else to add. Like, our conversations have just been the same over and over again. And yeah. so to see this, that we're so excited to talk about, is mind-blowing. And I, I think this movie is absolutely fantastic. And I think the only downside to it is because it's in a subgenre that I'm not a big fan of. Otherwise, I would be talking this up like one of the best movies of the year. Because there isn't anything about this that isn't fantastic. I think in terms of originality, it's easily one of the best of the year. Um, I think the acting across the board is exceptional. Um, again, it's a very young cast, aside from Miranda. And they're the ones that carry the movie and they do super well i think sophie wilde as our lead is definitely the standout no question about it um i think it's a real like breakout performance from her as mia um but everyone else is pretty good like they all play their roles great like when i think about that friend group quote unquote during the montage scene everyone's playing their role very well with the kind of boyfriend the friend like the two who are more involved with the hand that i think are very funny they're back and forth mm. um and then like say the younger brother like they all do such a good job and all felt real in portraying um a very hard i think kind of that young adolescence of you know you're not a kid anymore but you're certainly not an adult i think that's so hard to pull off like effectively um yeah it's normally annoying yeah, because it'll even lean heavily one way or the other. Um, you know, and it's difficult when you get into that age of like, like Stranger Things is going to have this issue where we still see them as kids because we knew them as kids. And, but whereas at a certain point, we're going we're gonna to have to start treating them like adults. And I think we've both had that struggle to come to terms with it where like they could do a pregnancy angle and, and other like young adult stuff, which I'm not ready for that, even though they are completely age appropriate. It's like in my mind, they're just not that age. Um, whereas, yeah, I think this movie does that so well. And yeah, like all, all of the hand stuff I just found, it's so entertaining. I think it was another thing of like, it, it ticks the boxes from a critical um, kind of reception. But then, yeah, I think what you said is so true of this. This appeals to a wider audience because I think it is fun. It is funny, but not a comedy. You know, it knows when to use its comedy. Like it has that one overt scene of comedy with Miranda, which is so good. Um, but then the rest of the movie is just more just funny little asides. But they, they don't want to make it a comedy. 
Um, this is a serious story with some real brutal moments. Um, and I think those moments are earned because I, I didn't see them coming. Like I say, they, they, they hit you harder because of how unexpected they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the key to why a lot of those scenes of horror really worked for me was like, I didn't think it would go as hard as it did in certain sequences. Um, and then kind of as it went on, again, you're talking about, you know, we're only talking about the premise because we don't really want to get into the nitty gritty of what the story's about. But I think that was what was so cool about the film is like you're presented with this ridiculous concept, which you immediately buy in and they immediately sell you as it could be a real thing. But then I'm thinking to myself, so what is this film actually about? Because it's not just going to be about a bunch of teens getting high because some ghost has possessed them for a minute and a half. And and so I think when it does actually get into the story um, and backstories and stuff, I think all that stuff's really strong. Like I had certain um, kind of things that I was expecting, particularly with the the father of our lead character and kind of where that was going. But it didn't it never fully went. And I think I love that they didn't fully explain it either of like what actually happened in the backstory, at least to my knowledge. I don't think they did. Um, So I really liked that. But then the the actual ending, which we're obviously not going to spoil, I thought the ending was perfect. Like it was so good because what again i don't want to say anything about it but why it worked perfectly was that i've been so pissed off with endings where god what was that movie that we did like that you really liked um oh god with um the guy that went on to make the hellraiser movie david bruckner yeah um the uh i've got it's something like the beach house or something what the the, hell is that called yeah the the night house is it the night house Uh, that sounds right um but yeah, while you double check, I'll, the, I'll um, the movie it, yeah. was like so good and it so had a clear ending that they should have executed on. But it was obvious that they couldn't sell that to the mainstream. They were like, we can't. Yeah, it's the night. Yeah, I thought so. Um, they were like, we can't do this, even if it's what mm. we should do. And it would have made the movie infinitely better. It was super dark, um, you know, and it would have been like a St. Maud style ending where they're like, we just can't do this. And so they wussed out and t- in my opinion, did a, a dreadful ending to a very good film. Whereas what this did was it it faked out doing that again not into specifics but like I really I fell for the fake out perfectly because I was like yep I'm seeing a cinema horror so I know how I know how I want this to end and it's gonna end differently and I was like yep here we go and then I went oh shit oh no they've done the double turn and now they've got me and now what I originally expected is unexpected and it's awesome like oh the the ending's so great it was so perfect after leading towards the hand stuff all film and i had such a big question of kind of what happens on the other side and to get that answered so beautifully and so perfectly um this kind of gets me to like i wanted to bring up like the news and you know obviously they're doing a sequel and stuff and like i I really don't want a sequel to this at all like i I feel like this movie was such a great execution of this concept and as we've discussed the fact that they don't bother going into law and it is just a guy had it at a party i think is perfect for for what this is and so if it is a, a, a long um drawn out prequel to explain how this hand came to be or even following on these groups of characters i think the way this ends is perfect for these characters and i don't want to see anything else so for me just as a quick aside and then we can get back to this film but i want to hear what you think about this like i don't want i know we're getting a sequel but i that doesn't excite me like i i think this movie's fantastic but it doesn't need a sequel what what do you think yeah i agree i i i don't want to see these characters again 
I I thought they were great, but I I'm with you that I thought this was the perfect ending for all the characters, and I can't really see how you could do a second movie that would give me more of them in the way that I would like. You know, I think this this was perfect. Um, I'm not against the sequel because I I I did. I did enjoy this concept and as much as I love original horror, I get that, you know, of all the sequels that come out for franchises that I don't like, at least this is one that I do like, Mm. but, but yeah, I was very happy with this as a standalone movie. You know, this felt like it follows where I'm just like, Oh cool. This was just a really banger movie that I, that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I think, um, you know, you're right. I think as the ending ticked on and, and things started to fall into place and, and as we got to those final scenes, I was like, This this is perfect. I was like, This is the this is the perfect way to end this movie and um you kept me guessing, like which is just something that I tip my hat to where I'm like I never knew where it was going and when I thought it was going in a direction you kept turning it and turning it until you put on the put me on the path for what was the great, you know, the perfect ending. And I wasn't sat here 20 minutes before the end thinking, that's what you're going to do, mm. you know. But when as soon as you executed it, I was very happy. Yeah, it was great. Like, it, it, that's been so rare where I'm trying to think the last time an ending was was this perfect. And I can't I can't think of a film this year. Like, I think it's easily my no. favourite ending of this year. And then I'd have to go back further than that. Because, yeah, it, that, that's been a consistent thing with even movies that we've enjoyed mm. have just completely fallen at the wayside towards the end. And so I think that they deserve huge credit for that. But it's even more exceptional when everything else in the movie is great. Um, I think the setting was awesome as well because, we again, it's cool to see something different. Like, I, this is probably a case more so for us just because we see so much horror um in a short period of time covering it week to week but you do see just so many of the same familiar setups and places and so seeing a movie set in australia with a with a you know completely australian cast to me just felt it gave it like a different flavor of like again you could have this film in america and and again i don't ever want to sound like i'm anti any specific place it's just we get a lot from 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 america a lot and and they they're always the best films um but i loved seeing this in australia where i was like oh this does feel different and we're now seeing a different youth that we're not as familiar with and just different type of different background of characters as well. I think Australia has such an interesting history as well um, that you can tie that in with like the, the supernatural stuff to me. I, it it kind of does with America as well, but they never really tie into like Native American stuff, which would make a hell of a lot more sense. Um, but I think Australia is also a perfect place for a film like this. Like, I, do, I don't know. England feels weird because like we don't really have a history with anything like that. So um, I don't know. I really, I really like the setting as well. That was just another thing of like, this ticks so many boxes, like the horror sequences are great. It's just nice to see different culture, like mm. you say. You know, obviously, American movies, you know, they're they're amazing, and there's so many of them. You know, you can't disregard it. But when we get to see these British movies that are more akin to what we know and are living in, and when we get to see these different, you know, in particular Australian movies, I think you know we had a we had a phase of them pre podcast. Mm. I don't know whether we've had like major bangers. I can't remember now whether Australia. we've had. Any- yeah, no, it's been very quiet. With hardly you know, any loved, films. loved ones, loved ones is the one that comes to mind. Yeah, we where did it was the like... director's follow-up, didn't we? Yeah, what was that? It was um, 
something about the devil where it was like these worshippers in this house and it had like a rock music angle as well. But I'm trying oh, to think what it was God, called. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah, you know, I think with loved ones, you know, it, it, it both of that and talk to me could, could have easily been made in America or, or, or England or wherever, you know, it's not, it's not specifically tailored to Australia, but, but just being in Australia and having this, this different setting and culture embedded in it and conversation. I think the dynamic between parents and children, you know, just all of it, the friend group just, just was slightly different. And it, and it did, it just, the whole movie felt fresh and in a, in a subgenre that's felt so stale to watch something, you know, I think listeners of this podcast are going to be shocked mm-hmm. if they, you know, I'm if shocked. they haven't seen this movie and they've just heard our last you know years conversation about cinema horror and haunting movies you know probably rolled an eye when they were like oh god they're talking about another one they're (laughs) going to be saying the same things it's not their cup of tea over and over again and even with something like insidious where we could see positives but we're still like oh we can see the positives but we just don't really like this shit whereas this is you know just just nothing but but positivity and it's um you know it just shows you can you can do something fresh if you're given you know, just putting a fresh idea in there, not recycling the pot constantly. And, you know, you, you can be not afraid to go into a already kind of dried out well if you think you've got something different. Yeah, for sure. Um, It was the devil's candy was the, uh, That's the, one. the other one, which yeah. is, uh, yeah, it's a shame he hasn't done anything else really since then. Cause, um, yeah, because they were both good. Movies. Yeah. And it's like it was but it was a seven year wait between those. And again, it just that's just another example of like, man, it's hard, man. Getting it, getting indie work is is, is incredibly yeah. difficult. And that's why I'm so thankful that Especially outside of the state. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have yeah. to rely on a lot of government funding and stuff. Like I'm pretty sure this movie had some sort of like YouTube. Australian funding. It was all of the stars. Yeah. So like, yeah. and again, like it's cool because that's how you get the movie made. Then you do the festival circuit. Then you get picked up by an amazing label like A24, um, and they take care of the rest. Like they've they've handled this perfectly. I think the advertising has been it's been solid where there's been a lot of it, and it was good advertising. Whereas I think I think the posters and the trailers all. They effectively showed off this movie's strong point and its hook whilst not giving away anything. So, like, that's yeah, a super definitely. rare thing as well. Like, it, it really is just overall a positive it's that system of a down cover art. Yeah, I know. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think um, at the start of the movie, it was kind of funny because it, it literally what you described is what the, the like, post, the pre credit yeah. stuff was, or it was, it was funded by all these australian grants and then referencing all of these film festivals Mm. and then all the distributors and i was like yeah this movie was you know it feels like it was this labor of love that was funded by they they just you know they just gamed the system you know they they got all the the funding from all the sources they could and and made this happen and to see this kind of come to fruition like i don't know what sort of budget this movie was it but, was you know, four it, and a half million i was gonna say it feels small yeah. and and you know to see kind of them land on a huge scale where you know in the uk we're getting this huge marketing push and this is being you know labeled as a as a big horror movie and i'm so glad it is you know um when we see these kind of you know, these, these haunting movies that just feel so generic and they're getting so much attention and getting so much 
you know, bums on seats in cinema for the for the mainstream. You know, I'm I'm grateful that people are seeing movies like this as well. Yeah, definitely. Like that Insidious sequel just became the highest grossing horror movie of the year in the past week, yeah. and it's and it's just sad because oh. it's the fifth one, and it fucking sucks as well. And it, and it's just like. I really, it just shows that then they're going to keep making them because they make money. And so to see something like this come out and just reading now about this journey, like it couldn't have gone any better for them really, where they had their world premiere at Sundance earlier this year as part of their midnight lineup. And then immediately after the next day, it was a bidding war. Um, And apparently Universal Pictures really wanted it, but A24 eventually won. So again, this was like, it wasn't like A24 were like, oh, this kind of looks cool. Like they were in a bidding war with a major distribution company in Universal. Yeah, they went all in on that. Yeah, so like they, they yeah. probably paid a hell of a lot more than what this movie actually cost to make. And then they've got to put all the promotion behind it. So like it's doing well at the box office. Obviously, if you compare it just its budget to its revenue, it's done fantastically well. And obviously that now makes way more sense why they would want a sequel because they're going to be in control of all of that stuff. So like they own the IP now, you know, so they're going to want to make more of this. So again, I don't, begrudge them for wanting a sequel um i just don't know if i necessarily need one but yeah what a great film like i feel like we've been so nervous where we haven't even talked too much about story because we don't want to go into it but i prefer these chats where we're just talking about how we how it made us feel and i feel great coming off the back of a of a haunting movie at the cinema and i've not felt that way since the conjuring 2 which was about seven years ago um Mm. and that's wild to me and i think it my takeaway having seen this film as well where i was like i don't want to see any of these anymore like it was funny because you would think it would have the opposite effect where it's like oh i like these now and it's like no no i just think this one's brilliant and it's the exception to the rule and it's made me think that haunting in venice and cobweb and the nun 2 and potentially even the exorcist like i just don't care like maybe we'll watch them at home or something but i don't want to be I don't want to be a number anymore because we're con- we're actively contributing to something that we really dislike. And at a certain point, it's like, yeah, we feel like we're covering it for the show. But the fact that I did contribute to that insidious number, like I, I'm annoyed at myself because I should, after seeing the fourth movie at the cinema, I never should have seen the fifth movie at the cinema. So it is difficult. Like I'm, a, I'm at odds with myself. Um, but I do. There, there are conversations to be had i think more on a case-by-case basis mm. you know i think there's stuff like the nun 2 and the venice one that just we have no interest yeah. in i think something like the exorcist is a yeah. is an interesting enough conversation with the ip that it, that it is you know it can be we like the trailer for the exorcist as well yeah yeah and the trailer looked good you know and so i think it is just it's being more aggressive with not being like, oh, okay, it's a cinema horror. We have to yeah. do it, even though, you know. And yeah, you have to sometimes put yourself out there and see things you don't like. But ultimately, it's our show, and we want to see things we like. We we like to be positive. We're not here to be negative. Um, the negative conversations we have are most of the time some of my least favorite conversations. Mm. You know, we have a we have a laugh sometimes when we are bragging on a movie. But ultimately, I just don't want to do that. People spend hours and hours and hours making this and pour their hearts and souls into it and and i'm sure they're not trying to make something that that people don't like and so you know for me something like this where i can just be overwhelmingly positive but genuinely so Mm. um it it is a great time you know and that's what i want to have 
Yeah, I, I could not agree with that more. Every single sentiment. Like I say, we want to like things, but then you, you hit the nail on the head of we have to be genuine. And so sometimes it will come across as like, oh, they're moaning about a possession movie again. But that's just how we feel about them. And that's what's so exceptional about this is that this is just a positive story all around from like the people who made it mm-hmm. and kind of for them to pivot in such a successful way it is that in itself is is commendable but then to make such an original horror movie everyone else has just nailed nailed it from a24 to obviously these creators to the entire cast and they've ultimately even if you think you don't necessarily care about that because i know we're more in the weeds of, of the kind of horror genre and, and people might be thinking i just want to watch good films well i've got great news for yeah. you <laughs> this is an absolutely great horror film um and it's easily one of the best of this year and i guess that kind of goes into our recommendations of like yeah this is a no-brainer like i'm as i could not be less enthusiastic about possession movies and and this would be as strong a recommendation as i could give to any cinema horror like you, you just have to see it because i think it's so such a cool original take where it is it hits um both avenues where like it's a meta commentary on this current state i think of possession movies without just saying like oh yeah they're all shit and annoying aren't they it's like no it's it's saying like yeah they're kind of overdone but you can actually do something original if you if you mix up that formula yeah. like guess what you don't have to have a goddamn day and night cycle every single time like, oh my god this movie doesn't have a day yeah, and night cycle it's crazy well, like, it's refreshing because the entire concept is mm. they're in charge of when the ghosts get laid and so immediately yeah. you wrote into your entire concept of your film an anti-day and night mechanic which is just another thing about this movie that's brilliant um but yeah what would you say to recommend it yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the best cinema horror we've seen all year in terms of God damn. If you just want to if you just want to I'm not saying like <laughs> in terms of like it versus like Scream and this this you know, you you're seeing the sixth entry into a franchise yeah. at this point. And the fact that you're just you're out on a Saturday night and you're like I want to see a horror movie and I wanted to have a good time watching a horror movie. Like, I couldn't think of a better recommendation than this, where it's like, yeah, there's no strings attached. Just go have a great time. You're going to have a great 90 minutes. You haven't got to watch six movies, five movies beforehand. You don't have to watch a movie from 40 years ago to get the references. You know, you don't have to watch spin-offs of nuns and and, and all manner of stuff. You can just go watch this, and you're going to have a great original time. And so in terms of just a fun cinema horror then yeah i don't think there's a better one this year so yeah this is a super strong recommendation and in particular at cinema if you are someone that wants to go see fun horror movies at the cinema you know i think um you know people are going and having a fun time watching this it's also not convoluted like it's such an easy story to follow like as soon as you get that premise that's it and and another thing that we haven't touched upon the runtime like the runtime is perfect this is like a 90 minute horror film and like we've seen so much long stuff lately and a lot of it's been really really good but it does start to get exhausting when every movie you see is two two and a half hours god forbid three hours and like to see a 90 minute movie i was like brilliant and this was this was the exact runtime for this movie as well like perfect well the second the writers spoke about um the sequel and the fact they have all this mythology and stuff i think it just you know shows the level of restraint that they had on the edit in the editing room where like i'm and the fact there's this whole prequel that's shot Mm. i'm like i think that they did an incredible job in the edit to be like no we just need to make a baller 90 minute movie and like we've got like this 40 minutes of mythology that we love and you know 
gives the backstory of the hand or whatever but but ultimately who cares let's have a fun horror movie and so you know i think who who knows like i've made assumptions there but from what they've now said of the movie coming out like i can easily see that there's a ton of shit that's in their heads obviously and they've shown a level of restraint to be like no we're here to make a film for people to go watch in the cinema and so that is our blueprint first and foremost and and they they nailed it yeah this like duck it prequel thing is interesting because like if they put it out online i'll watch it because i love this film but i'm so glad that's not in this film because i almost feel like they revisit it once and that was already like okay don't revisit this for long and they luckily they get in and get out and just move on with the story but i was already like that was just the classic classic you know oh it's the horror moment to open the film and it kind of introduces you to what the hand is and and that was it i didn't need anything else of those characters and so yeah we don't need to see someone in an insane asylum like 10 years yeah and like and obviously they do revisit it at one point but again that's so brief that i'm glad it is one scene and it's like a three minute scene and it's and it's done and i'm like brilliant because Mm -hmm. yeah if we'd have gone into the hall okay now we're going to get this brand new character that you saw for 30 seconds at the start of the film he's going to now take up the next 20 minutes explaining what happened to him and how you can break the curse that he wasn't successful with that would that just wouldn't have worked and that's that's what most possession movies would have done like that's what that bloody um stephen king thing that we saw uh, the boogeyman that's exactly what that did of like here's this offshoot story from the intro that's 25 minutes long that's unnecessary or even insidious with this entire fucking story with patrick wilson that we didn't need like i i honestly feel like this movie is a reaction to all of the shit we've talked about so many films this year of like very specific problems as to why i think we validly didn't like a lot of films this year this this actively avoided all of them <laughs> and it's, oh, it's yeah, so impressive <laughs> it's crazy yeah i know like it, it didn't do anything to piss me off in this genre that you know it, it, it's so easily done <laughs> yeah it's remarkable it really is like i'm almost i'm like did i actually see this film and like this as much as i did because it's crazy yeah i know i'm confused <laughs> i am confused um but no we did it's awesome like it's a great one uh, yeah we've had a couple of the last couple of weeks actually we've talked about movies new horror movies we actually really like um which is always nice so uh long may it continue but yeah that was our discussion on talk to me i uh, will take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, we did actually have a, uh, a comment on Twitter this week that I just wanted to uh, briefly throw it to you to see if you could help out um, our listener, Carl, who said, uh, started watching From. I think I heard it recommended by Super Horror Bros. I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> no, yeah. I can't help because I've not started yet. So uh, can you help? But obviously no spoilers. <laughs> I-, I would say, Carl, it sounds like you're watching From. Um <laughs> and uh that will continue that that thought will continue just strap in and, and enjoy it um, because it is confusing and every episode throughout all of season one and most of season two creates just more questions really mm. and more confusion but i enjoyed that ride and i'm still enjoying that ride like if if this was the end of from i'd be incredibly frustrated but I'm I'm happy 
just getting more questions and answers currently yeah um so yeah stick, stick with it because it's it's fun i am more nervous now about starting it because <laughs> so i'm already you know i'm I'm, well, I'm getting i'm like midway through the final season of lost now which is already a lot to take you know yeah, in terms of following something it's already difficult but then just like my emotional attachment to it like i'm getting so drained watching it and like the fact that i have the last of us 4k just sitting here and i'm not i'm not even remotely in the mood to watch that where i'm like I, you know i was gonna buy it day one i want to support it i'm gonna own that forever but like i don't know when i'm gonna be Indeed. emotionally available to watch that again um no i keep looking at it and i'm like not yet. yeah to me I'd, there's no chance it happens this year like absolutely zero chance because again it gets to my next point of like i'm just worried about tv right now you know with this ongoing yeah. strike like things look really really shit and i'm I'm already invested in The Last of Us, Lord of the Rings, Severance, Euphoria. Like, there's multiple shows that are probably Stranger Things. Like, there's already shows that I will genuinely forget that I'm a fan of because they'll have been gone for so long. And we don't know when all of those shows we just listed, we have no idea when they're coming back. Like, it could be years. And I'm really nervous because, yes, they've announced a season three of From, which is great. But like we don't know when that's happening, so like I'm just I just don't think I'm ready right now. I, I'm I'm so nervous with the future of TV right now. That I, most most lost is not the time to start watching from. No, like I wanted to watch you know, it this year, but um, I just don't know if I'm going to get around to it now because, like, I say with TV, yeah, it disappoints me because I want you to see it mm-hmm. for year end, but I don't think you'll get the best experience coming straight out of Lost watching it. Yeah, like I was definitely going to give know. it a month or two anyway, and I'll, I'll just mm. see where my head's at because I'm just I'm worried with like seeing tv now i'm just i'm so nervous because something like lord of the rings that you wait so long for and then we just don't know when that's gonna come, let alone some like stranger things that granted we could have never foreseen this so this was never a, a reality we couldn't have just stopped ourselves from being fans of it and i'm glad i haven't i'm glad i've had that experience of watching every season as it come out um but something like severance that i've you know it was only one season of that show and i loved it and i highly recommended it to people at the time but now i'd be like don't watch it because like i don't know when that's ever going to come back and it, i'm like oh i'm waiting <laughs> it's so good i know you'll love it but it ends yeah. on a crazy cliffhanger and and I, right now, I'd even struggle to tell you what that cliffhanger's been because it's been a year already, and like I just don't have that headspace for TV anymore, where I can waste years of my life waiting for it. Um, like I say, with Lord of the Rings, that's going to be a difficult one. Like I'm, that's not too bad because I'm excited to rewatch that anyway. So I'll definitely rewatch that before if it ever comes back. And obviously, Last of Us. Yeah, if I didn't rewatch it, if I didn't rewatch Lord of the Rings, I'm already struggling. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I say, like stuff like Stranger yeah. Things is built up that like. The second I'll see those characters, I'll be reminded. And obviously, Last of Us is, is a story that we're all too familiar with. Um, but these new shows, specifically Severance, because it's a brand new thing, and then similarly with something like From, it's like you're going in with nothing. You're learning everything on the fly. And then you have to remember a what what is seemingly a confusing storyline over multiple years. Like, it's just difficult. Um and like I say, no, it's not that confusing. They answer a lot of things. I don't know. You just gone back on your entire answer. <laughs> it answers nothing. I guess what's crazy that like Chucky is coming this year. Like that's that's awesome nah. because well yeah I know who well I feel like they just got that they snuck that in somehow because yeah that that otherwise that would have been a case of you know they'd have to wait years and oh it just would have been would have been terrible but um. Yeah, I don't know about TV, man. Like, I was thinking about American Horror Story recently because 
How do we not watch that's what's mind blown to me? Is that I've I've loved it for ten years, mm. and that, you didn't even give it. No, last year I just didn't watch it. And granted, that is purely their own fault because of that spin off. Um, because obviously, mm. I watched the whole of the first season, didn't like it. I watched the first episode of season two, which came out just before it, and and hated it, and that just put me off it. And I know that's not super valid, but you are watching an American horror story product that just sucks. And so I think it's absolutely mm. valid, you know, because I think I think franchise fatigue, um, and especially when you're like ten seasons into the main show, and then you put out these spin-offs that are subpar. Because I watched all of season two of American Horror Stories, and that was why when mm. then when the new season dropped instantly, I was like, I'm drained. Yeah, I'm drained. Like, and as a big fan of the show, of course I'm going to want to watch the spin-offs. But then you know, and, and you have to you have to learn how to feed that, you know, fan base in the correct way and having a spin-off like that just, just cannibalized it, yeah. you know? And so I think it's, it's incredibly valid to call it out on that when it, when it, you know, just, just messes up the, the, um, the momentum of, you know, 10, 15 years of, of um, loyalty and fandom. You know, it really does do that. Yeah, I was just thinking about it the other day where I was like, man, it is crazy that I'm not a completionist when it comes to TV. Like, I am more than happy to not, to avoid that a lot of people have as that sunken cost fallacy that I'm sure, I know you have it because you had it with The Walking Dead for many, many years. Of like, people just feel like they've committed so much time that they have to then waste more time. And I just don't have that, luckily, with TV. Um, But with American Horror Story... I've never sold any DVDs, (laughs) With American Horror... I've never realised that. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Um, <laughs> you you just have no idea how much you've lost watching Walking Dead. <laughs> um, you'll um, never know. But let, let's let's move on. The like the um, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say now. Something about American Horror Story. Just just the, like it, it's crazy that yeah, like I've not watched this most recent season, and I liked the sound of it. Yeah. They were bringing back Zachary Quinto, who I'm a huge fan of, and and don't get to see enough Ooh. of. And obviously, it's coming back again this year. But I'm not worried about that. Like it's not a case of all you know rushing to it because I don't. Again, it's not relevant. And that's what's so exciting is the idea of it's just one season, so it doesn't matter with the strike. It doesn't matter with waiting. You don't even have to wait week to week because it's all just sitting there ready to go so like i could just have a weekend where i binged it so yeah i do want to watch that that last year of american horror story because i also have no idea about it because i'm so off socials anyway i have no idea Mm. if it's one of the best one of the worst like i I have no idea i know almost nothing about it other than zachary quinto was in it so i i definitely want to give that a go at some point it's it's high on my Mm. list for sure as well like i've i've cleared a lot of my backlog tv wise and so that definitely is high on my list i feel like i just forgot about it and then it it popped into my head like a Mm. month ago when when i was thinking about from and getting towards the end of lost i was looking at like obviously i want i want to watch true blood at some point but again i'm not you know desperate to do it um and i was just thinking about american horror stories oh Oh, yeah like because my, my brain goes to so many crazy places with tv man like if i had just unlimited time there's like i would love to watch all the 24 i was thinking of i knew i fucking knew <laughs> i would i literally i wish i could have called you i wish i, <laughs> I knew you i know I'd, i know i'd love 24 so much because like every clip i see of it i'm like i'd love this show and i've barely seen any of it um let alone something like fringe that is so up my alley as well that yeah, i don't have a proper thing of and then like like i'd love to rewatch alias because i loved alias and so there's just so much shit that i would love to either rewatch watch or would rather spend my time watching something for the first time like you know fringe and 24 that i've watched some of it but not all of it um 
that's why with True Blood, like I obviously never finished True Blood, so I would love to watch that, and which I will. Well, that's why. Well, it's great because you ain't getting any new shit. No, no, no that's a good thing. Like, yeah, I guess once, this is a this is a once problem. This well is dried up. Like, yeah, this yeah, this problem has been solved. Yeah, tw- it's called twenty twenty four in TV because yeah, yeah I, like I, yeah. I worry for HBO because I just don't know what they're gonna have next year. Like they're just not gonna have True Blood reruns. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's great. We'll just do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Like yeah, I think you're absolutely right that this TV problem I have will not be a problem in the coming uh, years. So. But it sucks because I want new stuff, you know. It's exciting, and obviously, I'm so invested in stuff like like Lord of the Rings and Stranger Things. Two mm. of my oh, sorry, Last of Us and Stranger Things, like two of my favorite shows ever. Let alone stuff like Lord of the Rings and Severance and, and other things that I really, really liked as well. So it is just a case of we'll just have to wait and see. Who knows? Like sometimes it's not as doom and gloom as you might think. Um, you know, we survived COVID for God's sake, but like this strike stuff just yeah. doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon, and like. I feel like when we had, I remember the mini strike, like in what a 2010 or whatever it was, which, which really fucked TV for a while. And we had these like shortened seasons, like there's a weird season of Lost that's just shorter, and it was like every yeah. show just got suffered at that time. But that felt tiny compared to what's going on right now. Um, yeah, that that didn't feel like it got publicized in the press, and then suddenly just like all of these TV shows came out shorter, mm. and they're like, oh yeah, it was the writer's strike, and it was like, oh. Damn, yeah, they were okay. like, that was a crazy fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whereas this is like, oh, yeah, we, we've just not had anything for months at this point. Yeah, um, and obviously with the film people, like the actual genuinely A-list, which, which again, that, that did not happen last time. You know, when you're seeing, like, no. actual A-list actors talking about it, walking out of premieres and stuff, like, this is a real thing that isn't going away. And it seems like both sides are very firm in their stances. Well, that's the other thing. I just don't see a resolution that that suits all parties yeah we're soon. at a stalemate man. yeah that's exactly what it feels like so i'm i am genuinely worried but um yeah we'll just... i am i think i think though that what you've said the fact that we we've lived through covid mm. i almost like i'm like i just feel well equipped for it because yeah, i really thought like, cinema, okay, cinema like... experience was was you know i was worried that like cinemas would go yeah. away like that was genuinely something with the rise of streaming services Ooh. they were right there like covid was brilliant yeah. for netflix and amazon prime and all these things because it was like oh yeah all yeah. you can do is stay at home and have unlimited time and that's why all of these subscription Whoa. services peaked and why they've they've now suffered dramatically because everyone's unsubscribed because they can actually go out and do stuff now well, that's the great thing that, you know, with, with all of this negativity, well, not negativity because it's rightly putting a highlight on it, but with all of this, you know, strike and, and, and the fact that things aren't getting made, um, the last month is the busiest we've ever seen our local cinema. Yeah, post-COVID. it's crazy. You know, with, with Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer and Barbie, like in theatres, it's it's rammed our cinema has been rammed for the last few weeks and then seeing something like talk to me week two and we thought we'd be walking into the cinema dead Mm -hmm. and it was heaving you know and it's like the the cinema is as busiest as it's been for for three or four years yeah you know and 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 that is annoying because we like (laughs) we like to sit in an empty cinema and be grumpy buggers but also it's great because it means cinema's not going anywhere because unfortunately they're not going to keep the lights on just for me and you to sit there. Um, you know, so, you know, it is good to see that cinema is as popular as it has been for, for years. Yeah. Selfishly week to week, it sucks, but we, we can obviously both look at the yeah. big picture and like, it's fantastic. Like it's, it's so good. And like I say, these are actually 
great films as well like i've not barbie's the only one of those i haven't seen but i saw mission impossible twice and loved it oppenheimer's amazing talk to me is brilliant like for all and you know regardless of how barbie is i think it's an awesome conversation that people are having so it's 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 really good like it's such a good time so uh yeah good stuff like i say at least cinema is popping off even though tv is uh worrying at the minute but uh yeah good times very good episode enjoyed our chats this week um but yeah that was episode 359 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, and how could I start that?